Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges. Facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bichara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Nur Hadi, your host. I am speaking now with uh, Deborah Dill. Um, she is an expert in supply chain where she pays a lot of attention to the circular supply chain. And she is currently a principal at the Manufacturing Product Management at the GE uh, Digital. So thanks for joining us, Deborah, and welcome to Bichara Supply Chain. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Okay. All right. So today's podcast, uh, we are going to talk about how to build a supply chain for a circular uh, economy. But before that, can you please brief a bit about yourself, uh, your professional background, and what do you do at the GA Digital? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest professional background piece about me is I love supply chain. Right. Uh, I see the world in inventory turns. You know, as you go to the grocery store, there's inventory. You go to a sports game, there's inventory all over the place. Uh, even traffic, you know, comes down to inventory. And so I've spent my career really exploring supply chain in different industries and ultimately really how supply chain can do good and make the world a better place. So, for example, I was at Microsoft uh, as they were opening their retail stores and I was in a really small kind of startup team. I also worked in the digital supply chain and right. explored digital. I actually wrote my master's thesis on, you know, is a digital supply chain actually a supply chain? Uh, I've also explored supply chain in international development and global health at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now I'm really exploring supply chain and manufacturing in industrial settings and uh, understanding, you know, industry really is so massive and understanding all of the different impacts that changes in efficiency and design in industry can have, have on the global economy. And that's really where my current real passion of circularity fits in, of understanding across the world, if we're really going to make this shift to a circular economy, uh, industry has to come along and supply chain has to be a leader. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So uh, let's talk uh, on the very fundamental about the uh, circular supply chain. So what exactly is a circular supply chain, Deborah? And what does uh, supply chain need in a circular economy? Yeah, good question. So if we think about a circular economy, it's a shift from today's way that we run our global economy, which is based on what's called a linear economy. Mm -hmm. So the idea mm -hmm. is that materials flow in a line from the planet. Typically, we start either from a mine or from oil, something that comes from inside the earth, and then we transform it, and then we use it, and then typically, we throw it away. It right. goes someplace that no longer adds any value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what the circular economy says is, stop. There's value in everything. We need yeah. to really squeeze out the material value in every last little bit that we can uh, in order to um, maximize the value of that material. And if we do that, there's actually tremendous amounts of economic growth we can get. Yeah. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because right now when we want to sell a product, we have to start from scratch, from the absolute raw material every single time. 
Um, but the circular economy says, actually, you could reuse it, you can refurbish it, you can upcycle it, and ultimately never take any raw material out of the planet ever again. Yeah. So that's a kind of an interesting way to consider um, the a different sh- a shift to a different way of running the global economy. And there's, of course, um, impacts on supply chain on this. So if I think about um, the three different principles of a circular economy, I'll give a couple of examples of what those impacts are on supply chain. The first principle is um, design waste out. And of course, we're all super Mm -hmm. familiar with this Mm -hmm. in supply chain. Um, And it's the first principle of the circular economy because it's a good reminder that the point is to get rid of the waste first, not to design with waste. Mm. And the different um, business models we see here might sound sort of familiar to us. Examples like product as a service. So for example, instead of consumers buying cars, which sit on, you know, at parked more than 90% of their lives, yeah. we now buy transportation. So it's these product as a service type of right. offerings. Um, we're also seeing um, 3D printing, like new technologies coming away, uh, out mm-hmm. to, to reduce the waste. Mm-hmm. And so of course the supply chain uh, can help with this because we are trained to find and eliminate waste. That's what we do all day long. So there's a really nice compliment, I think, there on that first principle of circularity. Mm-hmm. The second uh, principle is to keep materials and resources in use for as long as possible. And really, the idea is forever so that we use these items um, again and again and again. So you'll see different business models anchored in this, for example, through um, predictive maintenance. This has been right. around for uh, a while now, so we're getting mm-hmm. um, familiar with this. Um, There's also something interesting popping up that I call secondary materials as a strategy or as a service. So, you know, take back programs we've had around, um, but kind of taking the idea of harvesting, which we also often do in supply chains, um, and really taking that at scale and having all, uh, all supply chains start from harvested materials instead of just a portion. Mm -hmm. And so for supply chain, of course, um, if the global economy needs to know where these resources are, how much, how um, the integrity, the quality, where they are, when they're available, of course, supply chain is going to be the one to do that. The third principle of the circular economy is to regenerate natural systems. And at first, this may seem a bit strange of how do you make a business model in that? But of course, we see examples come up. And one interesting one is different types of packaging. We're seeing, you know, instead of plastic kelp based packaging, Mm -hmm. we're seeing um, a mushroom based um, styrofoam compete. That's the same function, same form, same cost. Mm -hmm. And so for supply chain, I think this becomes really interesting on as materials are found, transformed and used locally instead of quite as globally as we have today. um, There's going to be obviously a, a shift. And as we have more biological materials, of course, we'll see a shift there as well. Really quickly, a couple of benefits um, because there's, of course, impacts on supply chain, but there's also benefits if if a supply chain themselves adopts circularity as their strategy. So even if your um, organization isn't anchored in circularity, your supply chain can be. And really quickly, four different benefits that you can have from this. Mm -hmm. The big thing here is um, we have waste streams today mm. and we you know we look at the supply chain to find the waste and in a circular economy it gives you the tools to shift waste streams to value streams and of course what that means for us is that there's more customers there's more sources of revenue mm-hmm. 
The second one is um, that we, I, I think, we're starting to run out of options in supply chain to go faster and be cheaper. And circularity can really be that strategy and a lever for us to play. So again, if we don't have to start from scratch every single time, we can actually respond to the market needs uh, in a faster and less expensive way. Uh, connected to that, the third one is that uh, in a circular economy, the cost to create work is actually less than in a linear right. economy. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a, of, a of a country right now or a company who wouldn't take a lower cost to create work. So that's really exciting. And the last one, of course, is um, if you think about any uh, borders or risks mm -hmm. or disruption right now, we're all going through that. And a circular economy, actually, that's lessened. And so if a supply chain were to adopt circular uh, practices, and again, that's more local than not, um, more reuse than starting from scratch, then actually the risk we see and the disruptions we see in the supply chains around the world right now um, would, would be less. Right. That's awesome. Okay, let's jump to another question. Um, what advice can you offer for, let's say we want to trans make a transition from a linear to, to a circular economy, or in, in other words, uh, what are steps to build a circular supply chain? Good question. This is probably the number one question I get is, how do I get started? Yes. Um, I'll take you through um, my version of getting started. Okay. So bear, there are seven steps. So bear yeah. with me. Here we go. Yeah. Step number one. Uh, and these first couple of steps are going to feel really familiar, and we'll talk about why. Um, so the first is to identify the waste that could become value. Right. There's this concept of fugitive waste. So um, when an item is where we don't want it, it mm -hmm. has escaped from the value chain. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to identify where those waste leaks are. And so if you think about a process like um, goods arriving to a warehouse, if we were to create a value stream map of that process, very likely we would not capture supplier packaging okay. because it actually doesn't impact us. Yeah. So one good way is to weigh everything on the way in and out of every process you have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Weight is a nice way to do it. You can also, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a liquid-based operation, there's obviously ways to, to meter that. But it really helps to understand where are the value leaks um, that are happening today. So that's the first okay. one. Mm -hmm. The second one is what's called intensifying. And this is where you say, okay, here's our leaks. We could improve it or we could redesign. And mm -hmm. this is again where some businesses will completely redesign their model. Uh, the product might be redesigned. So for example, uh, a modular design so that maintenance becomes uh, easier for the user. So you just take out the, the area of the product that needs to be fixed, swap it out so that it can continue to run uh, and you repair that piece of the product. So the product mm -hmm. itself might be redesigned. And then of course the process may be redesigned and that's where we really shine in a supply chain. So first you may actually want to redesign. Yeah. Um, and then the third step is what's called narrowing. And this is really about um, using less for the same operation. So how can you reduce the byproduct produced? How can you use less um, energy or water? Mm -hmm. And then of course, reducing waste is what we're really familiar with. And so these first three steps should feel uh, sort of like lean management um, or applying Kaizen principles. So yeah. pretty familiar for us. Yeah. 
The fourth step uh, is about prediction. And this is really exciting because as we all know, we're right in the middle of industry 4.0. The sophistication of technology is high. The cost of sensors have come down. We're in this connected world and it's starting to get pretty smart. And so as we know, we can do predictive and prescriptive maintenance on big machines, but we can also apply that to process. Mm -hmm. And certainly we're starting to read more about supply chain digital twins. And this becomes really important if we consider what's needed for a circular marketplace. If yeah. we replace today's commodity market with tomorrow's secondary goods market, we're going to yeah. need to leverage um, artificial intelligence as we do that. Yeah. The fifth step is what's called slow, to slow the process. And this means to extend the life of a product as much as you can. And again, this is where um, these sensors and data science really come into play. The, um, the maintenance and uh, repair industries have um, been around for a long time, of course, and arguably were, were more powerful in the 50s and 60s for consumer electronics. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's a big shift coming. And so the idea is allow an item to stay as itself for as long as you possibly can. Uh, so that's really about slowing the life cycle of these mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. uh, number six is about closing the, the loop. Close. So how do we take um, uh, materials and use it again and again? And an easy way to think about this for the supply chain world is that every item, material, resource coming into a supply chain should have already had a life somewhere else. So it should be secondary, not a you know virgin first-time use. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to think about when we consider how much material comes in. Actually, last year, the entire global economy used 100 billion tons of materials. Right. And right now, the world is sitting at just under 9% circular. So that's a lot of materials we have to play with. But the idea is everything that comes in should come from a secondary source. Yeah. And a lot of models stop there. Um, but I add another one to mine that's called capture. And this is really uh, a recognition that there is an entire industry that's growing around secondary material. Uh, and I think the practices and ways of measuring this new way of material capture uh, will become really important. I think today we often have a push of materials. We mine it and then we go find a home for it. Right. But in the future, I see a real balance between only capturing and harvesting what's actually needed to meet a demand someplace, um, which I think is really fascinating. So that was a whirlwind tour of uh, my version of the seven steps. Yeah, I, I have a, my own based on your right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, uh, do you think, uh, like a business leader or even, um, decision maker are ready to join this, uh, silver economy, uh, Deborah? Because, uh, uh, for your understanding, for example, like in Asia, right? Um, this topic of silver economy is not, uh, popular compared to what's happening now in Europe or also in America. So what is your opinion? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, what's interesting is that when a, business-minded person yeah. finds out about circularity, mm -hmm. they get really excited. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're basically saying, I can charge the same amount, but it'll cost me less to make right. an item. Yeah, It's pretty easy math, you know? The challenge actually more than um, the motivation is actually that most often uh, people still don't know about it. So 
What I find um, hanging out in the circularity community is it's often uh, designers, um, sustainability leaders, uh, and scientists, like material scientists. Um, I don't find a lot of supply chain people in those uh, communities. Similarly, if I go hang out in the supply chain world, I don't hear about circularity and there's just not a lot of people who understand about it. There are more and more now, um, which I'm encouraged by. Right. Um, but you know, like financial institutions are really keen on investing in circular business models. Again, there's less risk, your costs are coming down, you can charge the same amount of money. And so I think a big call to action is really to become smarter on the topic, understand what it might mean for the supply chain. Uh, and I think as a supply chain community, we've got our work cut out for us. You know, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. analyst firm Gartner is saying 10 years and we've got to switch to circular supply chains. Okay. Where McKinsey is giving us just five. five. And I don't know about you, but I've never seen a supply chain go through a complete strategic transformation mm -hmm. in under five years. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we've got quite a bit of work ahead of us to do, mm -hmm. um, but I'm rather excited by it. And I think as a community, we're going to come up with some pretty innovative ideas. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So um, before we close today's conversation, Deborah, what's, what's else in your opinions that's also uh, very important to be considered for implementing a, a successful a circular supply chain? Yeah, I'd say uh, help, help yourself by finding a community. Okay. Uh, one of the silver linings of COVID, I think, is that we all have more, <clears throat> somehow more and less tolerance for the internet okay. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say go find others like you out in the world and swap some ideas with them. I think this is a really new area where we're going to be pioneers for a little bit. And so um, finding those areas where you can really share some ideas uh, would be a great first step. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks so much for today's talk, uh, Deborah, and I look forward to speaking with you at another time. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. At Vichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Vichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.picharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.